Welcome to Take This Poem Podcast, where we explore the rich, wild things that good poems can do in the everyday lives of ordinary folks. I'm your host, Mary Guidis. Whether you're a longtime poetry lover like I am, or just barely interested, I invite you to take this poem. I hope it amends the soil of your life. Hello. It's early June, strawberry season in Oregon. Yesterday we went picking, and as I was just preparing some berries with rhubarb for a cobbler, I had a poem that was coming into my head, and I thought I would just share that with you today. So I'm making myself jump on here, and before the cobbler is done, to try to get this episode recorded and share this juicy poem with you. It's called Strawberrying, and it's written by Mae Swenson. My friend Keith, whose beautiful voice you've heard on this podcast several times already, has a discipline of posting a poem on Facebook every day. This is one that he posted maybe a month ago, and it stuck in my head, and I went back and found it. It isn't short. There are five stanzas. I'll pause in between each a little bit so you can hear where those breaks are. But even though it's on the longer side, I want to read it, make a couple comments, and then read it again. It's really worth hearing twice. So I hope you can relax and enjoy this early summer poem of lavish sensuousness. Strawberrying by Mae Swenson. My hands are murder red. Many a plump head drops on the heap in the basket. Or, ripe to bursting, they might be hearts, matching the blackbird's wing fleck. Gripped to a reed, he shrieks his cookery in the next field. He's left his peck in some juicy cheeks, when at first blush and mostly white, they showed streaks of sweetness to the marauder. We're picking near the shore, the morning sunny, a slight wind moving rough-veined leaves our hands rumple among. Fingers find by feel the ready fruit in clusters, here and there their squishy wounds. Flesh was perfect yesterday, June was for gorging, sweethearts young and firm before decay. Take only the biggest and not too ripe, a mother calls to her girl and boy, barefoot in the furrows. Don't step on any, don't change rows, don't eat too many. Mesmerized by the largesse, the children squat and pull and pick handfuls of rich scarlets, half for the basket, half for avid mouths. Soon, whole faces are stained. A crop this thick begs for plunder. Ripeness wants to be ravished, as udders of cows when hard, the blue-veined bags distended, ache to be stripped. Hunkered in mud between the rows, sun burning the backs of our necks, we grope for and rip loose soft-nippled heads. If they bleed too soft, let them stay, let them rot in the heat. When, 
Hidden away in a damp hollow under moldy leaves, I come upon a clump of heart shapes once red, now spider-spit gray, intact but empty, still attached to their dead stems, families smothered as at Pompeii. I rise and stretch. I eat one more big, ripe, lopped head. Red-handed, I leave the field. You can see why this poem came to my mind as I was slicing sweet, squishy berries, can't you? I love the matter-of-fact lavishness of this poem. There are so many fleshy, bodily words. I'm just gazing over this with my eyes and I see hands, head, hearts, mouths, udders, nipples cheeks. But even with all of that physical abundance, there's a sort of restraint here. And similarly, there's some undertones of violence that are so matter-of-fact and restrained. So I've been trying to figure out how can a poet be so lavish and restrained at the same time. And really, what I came to as I was slicing in my kitchen was that she's imitating nature in this way. There aren't any value judgments here. It's just a simple abundance. The cows udders, the strawberry plants, they produce, they put forth. It's what they do. And the things that are produced are consumed by other animals, by the blackbird, by the humans, by the earth itself, the heat and the wet and the mold um, take over the berries. I love the spider spit gray. When you're picking berries, there are some that are just hidden away and completely covered with mold and this really eerie gray, grayish white color and spider spit is such a great thing to compare it to. I love that. There are also amazing sounds in here. There's no end rhyme. But when you listen the second time, I bet you'll hear some of these. One I noticed as I was reading was the F's in um, Fingers find by feel the ready fruit in clusters. And right before that she wrote, the slight wind is moving the leaves that our hands rumple among and then suddenly you hear the all those f sounds that make the sound of the rumpling rustling leaves in other parts there's a lot of long e's the reed and shrieks and cheeks and sweet um that just give to me that feeling of over overproductive abundance of nature What's your favorite part? I wonder what part will be sticking in your mind the next time you're slicing or picking berries. So go ahead and listen to this again and marvel with me at this poet's ability to portray what's bursting with ripeness 
but at the same time matter-of-fact and restrained in its own way because it's just nature doing what it does. Again, it's Strawberrying by Mae Swenson. My hands are murder red. Many a plump head drops on the heap in the basket. Or, ripe to bursting, they might be hearts, matching the blackbird's wing fleck. Gripped to a reed, he shrieks his coquerie in the next field. He's left his peck in some juicy cheeks, when at first blush and mostly white, they showed streaks of sweetness to the marauder. We're picking near the shore. The morning's sunny. A slight wind moving rough-feigned leaves our hands rumple among. Fingers find by feel the ready fruit in clusters. Here and there, their squishy wounds. Flesh was perfect yesterday. June was for gorging. Sweet hearts, young and firm, before decay. Take only the biggest and not too ripe, a mother calls to her girl and boy, barefoot in the furrows. Don't step on any, don't change rows, don't eat too many. Mesmerized by the largesse, the children squat and pull and pick handfuls of rich scarlets, half for the baskets, half for avid mouths. Soon whole faces are stained. A crop this thick begs for plunder. Ripeness wants to be ravished as udders of cows when hard, the blue-veined bags distended, ache to be stripped. Hunkered in mud between the rows, sun burning the backs of our necks, we grope for and rip loose soft nippled heads. If they bleed, too soft, let them stay, let them rot in the heat. When, hidden away in a damp hollow under moldy leaves, I come upon a clump of heart shapes once red, now spider-spit gray, intact but empty, still attached to their dead stems, families smothered as at Pompeii, I rise and stretch. I eat one more big, ripe, lopped head. Red-handed, I leave the field. Part of my vision for Take This Poem was to have it be interactive. I imagined it as a virtual bonfire poetry reading, where friends, family, local poets, and you can come together to warm our hands on some poetry. So what would that look like? Well, I'm glad you asked. You could send me a voice recording of you reading a poem to be included in a mailbag poetry reading. Commenting on the poem is welcome, but optional. Don't be shy. It's the only voice you got. What better use for it do you have than reading beautiful words out loud? Also, you could request a poem that you'd like to hear me read and ponder on the show. Or tell me what you've been thinking about these days and I could play literary matchmaker and choose a poem for you. And by the way, I am aware that I have a small but loyal following of youngsters out there and these invitations are all open to them as well. Send any of these or other ideas you have to take this poem podcast at gmail.com and join me in sharing good poems with this little community. I hope to hear from you soon.